for listening to Houndstooth Heroes. Some call us a fully integrated sports machine. This is the Southeastern Conference Champions Edition. Some quick housekeeping. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes, obviously. And thank you to the Mothership Roll Bama Roll for allowing us to be their most unofficial podcast. Find us and subscribe on iTunes or our Facebook page or on Twitter at H2th Heroes. My name is Greg Dawkins, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Ellis Metz. How are you, brother? Evening there, Gregory. Uh, you know, I've, I've been better. How are you? Uh, enjoying a delicious cocktail. What you drinking? See, that's, that's where my issue lies. You know oh. it's early December because I'm trying to force myself to finish off the pumpkin beer that remains in my fridge. Oh, that's a, Oh, see, I hate a pumpkin. Hey, I, I love a pumpkin, love a pumpkin pie to death, but right. here I am chugging a pumpkin head, and it's not doing the trick. That's unfortunate. What do you have? I've unleashed the Kraken. Oh. Yes, the Kraken black rum with a delightful splash of Diet Coca-Cola. You're so fancy. I am. Speaking of fancy... Well, this is not at all speaking of anything. Uh, do you have horrible things going on in your life? I know that you do because you talked about it. Do I have horrible things? Do tell. Uh, let's first start off by saying only one of the two hosts you're listening to right now uh, went to a high school that has a state championship football team. That would not be you. It's not me. <laughs> Damn Merville Rebels. Uh Ended a streak, I don't know, a billion years. I lost count somewhere in between. In our 12th straight appearance, lost to my boy Ian Petty's new school, new money, Ravenwood Raptors. What How'd your team fare? Number one, where is Ravenwood? What, number two, what's a Raptor? I, I can't answer either of those, to be quite All right, honest. Fair. No, we're not expecting anybody, either of us to be smart. <laughs> uh, but that was just the start of the miseries brought by this past weekend. Uh, the larger one being, you know, listen, as someone who truly believes in the process, I persevered my way to Atlanta to hang out with you, to have an awesome time and watch the Tide do what the Tide does best. Uh, and, and when I say I persevered, there were some car issues that popped up, right? There, yes, there were. I may have met a man in Chattanooga and just trusted him with my baby for a little while, stolen another car, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so... Kind of just got to Atlanta finally, forgot my problems for a bit, and came back uh, only to find that the car was more or less on its last legs, uh, which meant for the past two nights I've been negotiating with car salesmen. Uh, not for a new car for me, a new car for the spouse. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she uh, drove to work this morning. You forerunner or, you know... Uh... A good uh, manly truck or anything. I well, think. you would, no. I, I know that's what everyone pictures me in. Uh, yeah. She drove to work this morning in a brand new Toyota Highlander. Very nice. Very and sleek. You? I, however, have, uh, am the recent recipient of a hand-me-down Toyota Solera. Does and, your husband know you drive a Toyota Solera? Well, I haven't told him yet. <laughs> uh, it is white. In case you had to, if if you heard it was my wife's car and didn't already picture it as white, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it currently still has this like girly script University of Alabama sticker on the back. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what I've realized is that some bros have to overcompensate 
for their kind of insecurity and their sexuality. Mm -hmm. They buy these big trucks, they get they get the lift kits, whatever. Right. Maybe I just had too much and needed to kind of tone it down a bit. You were too much man. Too manly. <laughs> had had to get a white Solera. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. what you're going to tell the ladies. That's exactly right. I am too much man for a truck. <laughs> yes. So that's what I've been coping with. What's horrible in your life? What's not horrible in my life is that uh, my St. Saint Paul Saints are, unlike your Maryville Revels, the, the state champions in the football uh, high school contest. Uh, however, there are some things that are, that are giving me concern. Uh, if you've lifted the podcast at all, you know I'm a giant Cubs fan. And this is what is known as the hot stove season. Now, look, um, I recognize this is sort of how it goes. I mean, people get traded, whatever, whatever. But I fell in love with the 2015 team, grinned from ear to ear when they won, cried when they lost, the whole spiel. Uh, so they've already dealt Starling Castro and to the Yankees. And granted, Starling is sort of, sort of a disaster. But you gave me that Starling bobblehead, man. And it's been sitting prominently in my living room. Mm. And now what? I guess I just have to set Starlin on fire. I'm getting emotional. I know. So I'm a little stressed out about not only not so much Starlin. Uh, and I did, well, I am a little stressed about the bobblehead. But, but beyond that, I'm a little stressed about what's going to happen. Because I know your barves tried to make a play for my lover, Chris Bryant. And I'm a little pissy about that. I'm not going to lie. The barves showed up. To Nashville and assless chaps with guns blazing. They did. I'm they really did. proud right now. They did. They did not leave with my Chris Bryant, and that's all I care Yet. about. But nevertheless, let's get to the uh, issues at hand. The college football rankings, once again, are out. The final version, uh, and as you know, Clemson held on to the top spot. Had an early go, or had a rough go early against South Carolina, but they did pull away late. I believe. They played the Northern Carolina. Yeah, whatever. Which, if you talk to those folks, is the Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I'm not big on facts. Yeah, no, obviously. Uh, your Tide retained the number two spot, uh, beat Florida in what I've literally heard described 60 times this week as a workman-like performance. Uh -huh. uh, and, and yeah, there was no talk from Jeff Long, uh, playoff committee chairman, I believe is his title, about uh, moving them above Clemson. Clemson, I think, proved they were number one this week. Correct. Uh, Sparty. Little Sparty from Michigan State has moved into number three after beating Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, which while it was going on, I referred to uh, as watching snails engage in coitus. Mm -hmm. Only I didn't say coitus. Mm -mm. It was just a rough watch. It was slow. It was miserable. But you had to know that the winner of that game was going to make the playoff. They did, and uh, they have emerged as our uh, opponent in the Cotton Bowl. It was doughier and pastier than a photo of good friend of the program, Wet Kelly's childhood. <laughs> That's doughy and pasty. Yeah, and then lastly in the playoff spot was the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, they, I think, were the victims of not playing a championship game. Uh, there's also a great kind of tin foil hat conspiracy that the committee didn't want Alabama and Oklahoma to meet in the first round. Are you buying that? Well, for the reasons I said yesterday, last week, uh, I have had a full tin tin foil hat rolling when I said I I do think they're going to give us as the number two seed the benefit of not having to go play 100 miles from Norman, Oklahoma. 
so I am all about that conspiracy that they flipped it. Uh, yeah, they could, they could, they had something to hang it on when they're saying, you know, they didn't play a Big Twelve championship game. But I think they were, I think they were gonna, were going to do it just so we would have some benefit of being the number two seed. Yeah, us uh, just wearing a different uniform. I suppose that makes sense, and whatever the reason, I will absolutely take it. As we've discussed, Oklahoma, yeah. uh, at least in recent weeks, has been playing hotter than anybody. So I am happy with our matchup, which we will discuss. Yes, in a week or two, huh? Exactly, exactly. Some housekeeping, I guess, about that. With that approaching, uh, we're not going to just you know blow our wad right here in one podcast. We're going to string you along. Uh, next week, you can look for some hot takes on a, a bowl roundup around the Southeastern Conference and whatnot. You may get a little bit of Sparty, but the week after that, you're going to go. We're going to go full bore Sparty. I've been doing crazy research. You have no idea the facts we're going to throw at you. It could get weird. It will get weird. Ooh. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's move to the game. I guess. Uh, most recent South, game. The most recent game. Southeastern Conference Championship game. You're tied. Prevailed 29-15. Now, if you listen, we told you right here, your tie was not going to cover. So if you bet money and won it, you need to send us a cut. Mm-hmm. Email it to Clay Travis. Exactly. Or just mail it. Don't email it. Or you can just send it snail mail so you can steal it out of his mail. Right, yeah, that's what I was implying. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, I, have, I have one... We usually do hates and not hates. We're going to start with the hates. And I have one particular hate I want to bring up first. Kick us off. All right. It was a security alcohol situation at the Georgia Dome. Mm. It wasn't just regular security. They had the wand out, sticking it down your pants, doing whatever. You know, they were virtually ensuring that nothing could be brought from the, brought into the stadium. Anything at all. You know, they there was no way you were bringing anything to drink or otherwise into that stadium. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition, the Southeastern Conference is maintaining its absurd stance of no alcohol sales during Southeastern Conference games. Now, if we were playing somebody out of the conference, it's fine. So it's just a random thing. Now, the problem is your boys had enjoyed a few uh, pregame libations. So by the middle of the second quarter, we could have used a nap, Ugh, if I you recall. May have taken a nap. Right, exactly. So anyway, the point is, I hated that, and I need you to do a little better, Southeastern Conference. What Agreed. Well, let's let's harp on that, and yeah. supposedly the uh, reason that they had closed all but seemingly two or three entrances into the Georgia Dome, uh, every native Atlantan we talked to, well, there are no such thing as native Atlantans, no. but locals, uh, told us that the, the story that's been... Uh, repeated on Atlanta local news is that anonymous interrupted and or intercepted an ISIS message, uh, declaring that they were going to bomb a WWE event at the Georgia Dome last week. Oh, big haters of the WWE. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. So so anonymous. That was who they wanted to get after the, the hacking group. Yes. Yes. So, ISIS that they're going to bomb the wrestling. Yes, that's exactly what the Atlantans we talked to believed. <laughs> so there's the background. Right, yes, thank you. There's the background I mean, I mean, on your high security. I can't even... This is absurd on multiple levels, none of which I'm going to address here, because I don't want to really get into the politics of it all, but... My God. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, just it was a WWE, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they had us, if you didn't go... They had us basically funneling into one entrance, mm-hmm. 80,000 people into one entrance. And um, 
while doing that were basically, you know, running a wand all over you, patting you down, feeling you up. You know, if, if, if they spent enough time, you might have need a little a long time. All right, all right, all right. You saw what I'm saying. You got your money's worth. Exactly. Any, anyway, uh, other things we hated, in addition to how long it took to get into a very sober stadium, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry stayed in the game till the sweet, sweet end. Right. Um, you know, Tyrone Prothrow is working at a Tuscaloosa Regions bank right now because of the exact same measures against the Florida Gators, I should say. Exactly. And I did, I, I, when I rewatched the game, I did notice they did take him out for a while toward the end, but when Florida scored toward the end, they right. put him back in. Yeah, so, and, and I understand with Drake banged up, uh, you probably don't want to shove Damian Harris into that big of a spotlight if you don't have to. But good Lord, we're there, as you've coined, fear seizures going on uh, yeah. from the Alabama faithful. Every time he touched the ball, I had a fear seizure. Uh-huh, hashtag fear seizure. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> Final thing to hate, Polish sausage is back in our hate speech list. Can can Donald Trump ban him or what? I, probably so. We need to look into that. Exactly. Missed a 29-yard field goal. Uh, you know, Not that we needed it, but his confidence... Uh, ebbs and flows, so it would be nice to have him uh, at his best moving into the college football playoff as we are. Yeah, and we need to consult with friend of the program and senior laces cord, what's the word I'm looking for, reporter, uh-huh. uh, Butch Worley, on how that ball was kicked. I haven't seen the replay. I don't know. I have not either. We will, uh, we will consult with Butch and check us on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, and we will get you that answer, kids. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, on that note, let's move on to what we did not hate. All right. I will start with the Alabama offense, Mm. which is something I ordinarily do hate. Uh, But the Alabama offense had enough continuity. And, you know, props to the Florida D. You know, they brought what we thought they were going to bring. So, we had enough continuity to solve their defense. Uh, Derrick Henry rushed for 44 times. For 189 yards and a touchdown in the process, breaking Herschel Walker's Southeastern Conference single-season record for rushing yards in the process. Jake Coker completed 18 of 26 passes for 204 yards, two touchdowns, one almost touchdown to Calvin Ridley. Mm -hmm. And when I say two touchdowns, one was dumb. Our Darius Stewart made, you know, he threw it in a triple coverage, and it, it, it was stupid. It was a stupid throw. But Ardarius made a phenomenal catch, so but it counts. So who cares? Uh, so yeah, I mean it's. But it was the offense, and as you said, the offense particularly was workmanlike. Uh, it you know it was not flashy. There was nothing flamboyant, but they drove the ball uh, and made the plays when they needed to. Yeah, all in all, uh, they looked fairly disciplined. <laughs> there was a brutal drop, which probably should have gone under hates by O.J. Howard that would have mm-hmm. covered the spread and made. Really, the entire game looked a little different, I think. Uh, one, The part that I'm so upset about about this entire game, uh, when that play occurred, we were opposite the Alabama sideline, and, and within a second of the ball bouncing off uh, O.J. Howard's hands, whatever laminate or clipboard or whatever Lane Kiffin was holding was 20 feet in the air. He just launched it. And uh, I guess it didn't get caught on any cameras because it hasn't been posted anywhere. Uh, the whole sideline reacted really strongly. I felt a little sorry for OJ. Well, here's the thing with OJ. I, 
I'm not a tight end guru, to, to say the least, but I understand that in, in the NFL and otherwise, there are ball-catching tight ends like mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski, and then there are blocking tight ends. Let's just assume, because on the big board of tight ends, O.J. Howard remains either number one or number two. So he must be one hell of a blocking tight end because the boy has hands of stone. Yeah, and we've wondered all season why we're not giving him the ball more. And he's just kind of answered that slowly. Slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy Treon. Led by a Treon. Right. uh, Who did not have the same success that our boy Jake Coker saw. Uh, The Gators QB threw for 165 and one touchdown. He had a pick to Marlon Humphreys. It was beautiful. Uh, he, He went 9 of 24. And... In at the end of the game, Alabama had outgained Florida four thirty seven to one eighty. And if you're paying attention, Derrick Henry had one eighty nine to yeah. their one eighty total. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was Else- beautiful. Yes. Elsewhere in the offensive ineptitude department, Florida finished the day zero of eleven on third down conversions, uh-huh. possessing the ball for just sixteen minutes and thirty one seconds out of the 60 minutes allowed in a football contest. That seems bad. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem certainly doesn't seem good. And we should point out that Florida fans, who we will get to momentarily, are big on the money down. Yeah, oh God, uh, we forgot to even bring we that We almost up. didn't mention the money down. Uh, uh, third down, I guess, for the Gators this year, and this must be a McElwain thing, which embarrasses me on many levels. Uh is known as the Money Down, and they have these two bowl-cutted white boys who I assume are paid to stand on the Florida sideline with these big Money Down signs and just jump and jump and jump and jump Non-stop. and jump. And look, dude, if if any of y'all out there have done the P90X plyometric system, all right, there, it's like you know, there's like a bunch of there's you know, you do there's a bunch of different things you can do P90X. One of them is plyometrics, which involves just jumping nonstop. That shit is exhausting. I cannot imagine having to be the bro who has to jump nonstop during third down. That's a killer. Yeah, no, these, what, 14-year-olds have to have the best calves in the greater Gainesville area. Exactly. Uh. Uh, Something we've left out, and I should have put it in hate, but when you talk about the money down, are we going to talk about the people in front of us? Well, see, I was kind of saving that for what are those. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. (laughs) Stay tuned. That's We're so good. organized over here. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the final thing we didn't hate, special teams. Didn't hate it, not one bit. No, didn't hate it, uh, other than the aforementioned polar sausage miss. Yeah, uh, and that punt run back, but whatever. <laughs> okay, so maybe we hated some special teams. We hated something. A bit, a bit. Uh, we, of course, opened the game with a blocked punt out of the back of the end zone. Really athletic, great play. Almost made it a touchdown. Uh, were it not for a clumsy foot that got in the way, and uh, really one of three guys could have blocked that punt. Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was literally a crimson tide that Any, just washed over the punter. Exactly. Any one of those three guys could have blocked that punt and gotten that safety. It was mm-hmm. absurd. It was nice. Um, and then we also had a blocked field goal later in the first quarter, which really both of those. I mean, I thought they might be just absolute nails in the heart of Florida, but they eventually bounced back. It was more of a temporary nail, I thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the, uh, what well, we've got to find a better name for this. 
what are our favorite plays of the game? Of the game. Of the game. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Not at all. Horribly. So I, I really just have a moment. It's not so much a play. I hope you have a good play picked out because mine okay, is not sorta. on field related. Not really. Uh, in addition to just having the best weekend with my pal Gregory. <laughs> There yeah. was this great moment that stuck out to me, uh, basically right as the final whistle blew, Saban and McElwain are jogging onto the field. We've mentioned these uh, sort of nebulous terrorist threats that have been floating around, and all of a sudden, the ceiling explodes with these uh, streamers and confetti and all this, and my very first thought was, Oh my god, I'm having a heart attack. And then a half second later, I saw you kind of falling back. And I thought, oh my god, Greg's having a heart attack. <laughs> and it was really uh, just a, a poignant moment of hilarity. You said sort of lose your mind kind of when you what happened. Not right now, not in this day and age. And you really can't do that anymore. But there <laughs> we were. I, I don't know if we were the only ones who freaked out, but we definitely simultaneously freaked out. <laughs> That did happen. Uh-huh. I guess my favorite play has to be the safety. Either that or the Calvin Ridley uh, uh, almost touchdown. That Ridley touchdown was very sweet. Again, an awful pass. Just a horrible. Yeah, it was a duck. Was such an ill-advised pass. It was horrible. It was a duck. But here we go. We get one. Uh, all right. Before we get to other things we're going to chat about, including uh, Saturday's Heisman Award, let's give the people what they really want. A look at the Tide Shooty Hoops. Uh, before we talk about that, real quickly, we have T-shirts, as you know, that are basketball-oriented. Uh, you can, well, by that I mean they have our logo on it and they say buckle up, That's so right. whatever. Uh, but you can PayPal us to houndstoothheroes at gmail.com. 22 bucks, and it's got a pocket. It's a pretty fly-ass T-shirt, and it comes with a sticker. Or if you're in Orange Beach, Alabama or Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you know how to find us. Give us a ring. We'll be happy to hook you up. But uh, on Friday before the game, your Tide traveled to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to take on the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Thing is, Southern is real bad. The Donnie Tindall experiment left that program in shambles. <coughs> Hold on. Former. <coughs> Both of our sinuses are draining, full disclosure, so um, I'm a coughing wreck. Uh, your Tide was pretty lifeless. Uh, content to drive the lane, and if the shot wasn't there, kick it out for a jumper or three. Nevertheless, the Tide prevailed 59-55. to um, Look, the deal is in this game, this is a game that we would have lost under the Anthony Grant regime. Mm-hmm. So getting out of the Hub City with a win is a step in the right direction. Uh, so I've got to be pretty excited about that. The Who we got Hub next? City. Hub City, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, and, and on that game, I'll just add... Because everyone should turn to us for betting advice, I'm going to tell you now, don't bet for or against this Alabama basketball team. It looks to be one of the least predictable uh, outfits we've had in a while. It will be a bumpy ride, and we should advise you to buckle up. In fact, I think we have. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up, your Alabama Crimson Tide travels to a Clemson. A Clemson. A Clemson. Uh, it'll be a nationally televised game on the ESPNU. Uh, it, it, and when I say we'll travel to a Clemson, we're actually traveling to lovely Greenville, Arkansas. Or I'm sorry, Arkansas? South Carolina. Is Clemson in Arkansas? No, it is not. I don't, I'm not familiar. Uh, <laughs> Clemson rolls in from South Carolina. Boy, less of this pumpkin beer. Maybe turning. 
Um, they are six and two, but the situation looks a little different. Uh, all five of their six wins are against sub 150 RPI teams. Uh, they're currently 0 and 2 against RPI top 100 in UMass and Minnesota, and uh, they have a schedule ranked sub 300, which seems bad. Right, it is bad. Their best win is Rutgers. Hmm. Yeah, Rutgers. This is a team. This is a game you're tied, should win, and it needs to win. I just happened to look up before we got on the air. I looked up the, your Tides RPI, which right now is at 59, wow. which with the schedule that we've played, which is not bad, but not great. I mean, we've played some very good teams. We've also played some very bad teams. That's uh, nothing to complain about, considering the Southeastern Conference RPI is going to be a good bit higher. So, if we find ourselves on, you know, the favorable side of a 500 record, we might be looking at something we weren't expecting going going into this season. So get excited. Uh, real quickly, before you hear from us next week, the Tide will entertain a Winthrop in Coleman Coliseum. Now we don't know anything about a Winthrop. Is that in Arkansas? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I think that may also be in South Carolina, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But the point is. We know nothing about a Winthrop, but you should go find out because they are in Coleman. If you don't have anything to do on Wednesday night, go find out. This team is getting excited, so we would urge you to go out and support this team. Yeah, and if you find out anything about a Winthrop, let us know. Yeah, who knows? They sound like they're probably really self-important. I like what you just did there, by the way. Let's just not even mention getting into that big postseason Hoopla of shooty hoops at the end of the year. Let's just not even talk about it. No, no, no. Let's no, let's I'm, no. Let's not talk about it. Let's do something. Let's do something yeah, different. we right. shouldn't even. It's not going to happen. Let's it's not, not going to happen. Let's just not talk about it. All right. So All right. Or other stuff. You want to talk about Kirby Smart? Yes, Kirby Smart. You know by now. If you're reading this, it's too late. Uh, has been introduced as the new head football coach at the University of Georgia, returning to his alma mater. Uh, the Georgia official football Twitter account put out a pretty wonderful video that has some clips of college-aged Kirby uh, making plays on the field set to Midnight Train to Georgia, one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, A nice little tribute. So who are we going to get to replace him? Well, we talked last week about Mel Tucker, Mm -hmm. and I think it's Mel Tucker's job to lose. I mean, why are we bringing an NFL defensive coordinator if we're not going to promote him? If if it's not Tucker, we got two names to throw out at you. Mm Mm-hmm. Number one, Jeremy Pruitt of Two-A-Days fame from Hoover High School who moved on to the university to be director of player development, uh, then coached defensive backs from 2010 to 2012. He left to go to Florida State, then got hired away to Georgia, but likely he is not going to be retained by the Kirby, Kirby Smart administration. Mm. Uh, as Reggie Ragland said, he's a little country. Uh, and by God, if you watch two a days, he's not just a little country. He's wow. Uh, but anyway, he left the university once to go to Florida state. My question is why bring him back? Yeah, there must be some connection still shared because I would think that relationship would have cooled, but he, his name continues to pop up. Yep. Got another one. Yeah. There's one more name that's been mentioned. It's a Jeff Tucker. I'm not, it may be G off. I'm not sure if he pronounces this G-off. I don't think anybody goes by G-off. <laughs> There's not a single G-off. No, okay. no. It was maybe no. French. Uh, Tucker <laughs> was Alabama's director of player personnel in 2007. And then, interestingly, uh, was Mario Cristobal's D.C. at Florida International for a season. 
Uh, he left there to go to Mississippi State, uh, spent three years there, and then McElwain hired him away for less money than he was making in Starkville, which I, I think I anyone would take anything to get out of Starkville. That's, I guess that's the point. You could hire me away for minimum wage and a Big Mac, and I'd leave Starkville. <laughs> I'll just take the Big Mac, hell. Oh, no, good point. Uh, next up, Will Muschamp, by the way, has made a move. OMG. I know. He is now the head coach at South Carolina, the Gamecocks, for all the LOLs. The question for you is this. Florida basically has, like we do, unlimited resources. So if you're Carolina, who does not have unlimited resources, what makes you think that putting him further behind the eight ball would yield better results than what he got at Florida? I really have no idea. Uh, it's just such an odd thing when you get your name kind of floated in these circles. People automatically assume it means you're qualified. Uh, his resume is so unimpressive. It was a, He was had a lot of success as a coordinator, and judging by the way he conducts himself, I would say does not deserve to be much higher than that. Well, and I'm not – that's a good point. I hate to be the guy to judge to say – to be all about somebody's demeanor, because Lord knows mine isn't good. But I'm not trying to be a head coach. And if you're acting, just showing your ass like you did during the Iron Bowl, mm -hmm. what about that screams head coach to you? Uh, uh, the I guess Ray Tanner is the South Carolina AD over there, who I like a lot. Yeah. He said that they've had some sort of stern agreement reached uh, where he will handle himself better on the sideline. I'll believe it. When I freaking see it, that's if you if you watch the expressions on his face, I I, I think that rage is uncontrollable. It's like yes. the Incredible Hulk, really. Yes, I don't think it's something you can control. It just comes out, and you're stuck with it. Yeah, no, it's certainly not affectation. He doesn't he doesn't fake that at all. No, 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 not at all. Uh, so that leaves uh, the barn without a defensive coordinator again. Uh, word has it they've reached out to Florida State's defensive coordinator, Charles Kelly, who went to Auburn, but Kelly said no <laughs> to his alma mater for the same job. I uh -huh. mean, look, we keep hearing there's talent on, you know, all my Auburn friends are like saying, yeah, there's talent on the defensive side, we just need the right guy. They thought, well, Muschamp was the guy. They thought everybody was the guy. They bring in man after man, and then none of them get the job done. So is it time to admit the talent isn't there? Or that the emphasis isn't there? What's going on? I think the talent has to be there. I don't have the answer either. Um, do I think Muschamp might have improved that unit next year? Yes. I do too. Uh, part of me certainly still wants him to stay there because it could continue to be a dumpster fire. But <laughs> I just love the thought of them having to start over and having zero continuity, which may be the largest issue they've faced. And I have breaking hot news for you on this uh -oh. Um, there, uh, there has been rumors, <coughs> nothing confirmed and no, <coughs> and no team has been mentioned that their offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley is being targeted by someone to become their head coach. So that would possibly leave mm -hmm. them without a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator. And what does that, what, where does that leave the Gus bus? I mean, Gus is going to have a hard time finding high school coaches that he can just 
stalk his sideline with. I mean, nobody wants to leave a, a 4A state championship squad to go be there in the Plains. I don't know what he's going to do. I, exactly. I think the Gus bus is flat on fire. I think next year he might find his ass on the squarely on the middle of a hot seat. I agree. Uh, finally, I've got another question for you. I guess you. we should point out it really uh, depends on how they perform in the Birmingham Bowl. Well, that is key. Performance <laughs> okay. in the Birmingham Bowl always is the key to a season. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. I do have one, two, two questions for you that I'm going to throw out there. Okay. And, uh, if you have differing opinions, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at HC Heroes or on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear your responses to these. Today it was announced Reggie, Lack, Reg, Reggie Ragland is your Reggie defensive Lackland. player of the year in the South Teacher Conference. Derrick Henry is the offensive player of the year. First time since 2003 that one team has had both. So I have questions for you are these. Going into this season, we all thought this team was going to be a 9-3 and three team. Number one, did this team overachieve or did we underestimate them? I'm going to say they've overachieved. Uh, Saban talked about after the game Saturday that – he hasn't quite he, – he's just so happy about this team because he's never had a team that's really bought in this way before. Uh, and I think the way the schedule – there's probably some scheduling we can uh, accredit it to as well. Some of the teams that we thought would be fearful maybe aren't. But uh, I really think this team just gelled and kind of took some lessons from the classes that have gone before them and over overperformed a little bit. How about you? I would- well, you have a, that's a pretty hot take there about the, about the scheduling. Uh, because going into this season, if you looked at October, it looked like just a murderer's row. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, not really that much. I mean, those teams are good, but they're not what we thought they were going to be. So I think you're right in terms of the scheduling, while still difficult, uh, was not, you know, we weren't facing five top ten teams in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this next question I got for you is this. Uh, given this team and what they performed, how they performed, uh, you know, with accolades after accolades, we have 10 players on the Southeastern Conference uh, all team in the first team. So it seems like a billion. That seems, it does seem like a billion, but it's not. In fact, it's just 10. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, with that in mind, would you take this team's talent or 2010? Would, I, first, before we get to that, can we agree that 2010, despite the result, was probably our most talented team? Prob- I think that's a fair assumption because it was really kind of the f- time the roster top to bottom, the first time roster top to bottom was all saving guys. Uh, he had all the playmakers, the world's playmakers. Um, so, yes, I think it was the most talented. That's a great question. I, I think... You have to go 2010 just because when you look at the defense especially and you've got um, Dante and Nico Johnson and Drake Hurt and Milliner and the names go on and on. Your boy Robert Lester. Just um, NFL all across the I, board. Yeah, literally almost top to bottom. Josh Chapman was there. The offensive line was the best I've ever seen probably. Mm-hmm. Um, led and anchored by Barrett Jones. I'm going to go 2011, but I think the, or 2010, the answer could shift uh, in a year or two when we can kind of look back and see just how potent this current defense is and maybe let the offense continue to shape up just a little bit. Yeah, good enough. 
All right, so here's... Am I going to answer that point. question? I think that's a good answer. Okay, all right, I'll take it. I like that answer. Uh, all right, and you stepped on my moment here, dude. Because I'm, I'm about to introduce the moment we've all been waiting for. <sighs> the Ellis <sighs> Mets Weekly. What are those? What are those? Uh, yeah, you know, fewer options this week because it was championship weekend. Uh, nobody pulled out anything truly atrocious except for one group of some, we'll call it 50,000 goobers in Atlanta, Georgia, who pulled out the most heinous Florida Gators football gear you've ever seen. Uh, there was a group in front of us who I, I legitimately thought were taking someone on one of these uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation campaigns. I know. I, as the game progressed, it seemed perhaps that wasn't the case because their language, <laughs> uh, their language evolved in such a way that led me to believe this was not some <laughs> charity event. Um, just the most yeah, bizarre I, people. I, I, I don't want to be not PC. But, you know, sometimes you just look at a group and you think, they probably took the short bus here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, as the game progressed, I've been to a lot of games and dealt with a lot of opposing fans. I've never seen a group quite. How do you even? I've well, never seen a group quite like that. The one moment that stands out to me was Florida's first down. First, first down. Uh, I think they got like three the whole game. Mm -hmm. And their celebration instantly gave me these flashbacks to the way Alabama fans acted as the final seconds ticked off in the Rose Bowl in 2009. But yet they'd and, won nothing but a first down. No, just a first down. And I'm not exaggerating in any way. Jumping nope. on each other, their their jaws just on the floor in happiness. And and I wish I could be that happy about whatever happens to me <laughs> about finding a quarter on the ground because that's how I imagine these bros reacted. Uh-huh. Uh, just a truly kind of harrowing thing to watch. Yeah, that, okay. I, in addition to those bros, uh, which were, yes, a disaster, I will point out that in addition to the fandom, the starter jackets. Dude. This is the true winner, the true Florida MVP not, of the what are those. Uh, Florida has not moved past the, Florida, the, the starter jackets. Mm -mm. And it was pointed out to us by Aval, of all people, mm. that perhaps it's a function of climate. And you only got to buy a jacket once every 30 years. Maybe you just keep that one in, in, in heavy rotation. I don't know, but I've never seen so many damn starter jackets in my entire life since 1991. Mm -mm. And there, there was no kind of ironic retro theme going. Oh, just no, like, war with pride. Yeah, war with pride. Just jorts and a starter jacket, and they're set yep. for date night. <laughs> All right. Enough of the what are those. Let's take a look at uh, what's upcoming this week. We're going to talk about some Heisman hype. The down, New York's Downtown Athletic Club awards the Heisman on Saturday night. And your boy, Derek Henry, is the overwhelming favorite. Is he still overwhelming? Because I've been watching ESPN, and that seems not to be the case anymore. They seem to not be a, a fan. Uh -uh. They Real quickly, who's the, t the kids that are there... Uh, Derrick Henry is there. Christian McCaffrey out of Stanford is there. Uh, Clemson's Deshaun Watson is there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes, uh, while the odds makers seem to disagree, and we'll get to that in a second, ESPN bros are heavy on McCaffrey. And, you know, there's 
you can find a bias for and against every argument you want to make. I think this has to just come down to Bama fatigue, which is a real and documented thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even there was there was like a little kid next to us at the game, and I said, well, will you pull for Alabama if we go to the championship? He's like, I'm just so tired of Alabama winning everything. Uh, you know, that must suck when you don't win anything. It must, and you would hope that professional grown men sports writers would be kind of beyond that, but they're certainly not. Exactly. But if you are a betting man and you got on Derrick Henry early in the season, you may be in for a hefty payout. A couple of weeks ago, you could get him at minus 300. While he's still the favorite, that number has now jumped. He is now minus 1,200. What that means is you would need to bet $12 to win a single American dollar. Uh, and as bad as your boys are at this, even we would not advise that bet. No, but your boys were smart enough to get on that train early. Cha-ching! Boom! Boom. <laughs> uh, also, here's some. Uh, if, if put on your tinfoil hat, yeah. we got a, we got some we got some hot conspiracy Tate's action coming at you. Look out! Uh huh. All right, this number has jumped so high that some betting sites have taken it down because it jumped literally in three or four days from three hundred to twelve hundred. So there's the conspiracy out there that the results have already been leaked. If you're going to, but I mean, and I'm not saying that doesn't make any sense either because it made no, because Derek Henry was good at the championship game, but so was McCaffrey, so was Watson. He did not separate himself in that game to make the number jump four times over. So what else would you account for this number jumping up so much unless somehow the results are already out there? Yeah, and while there have been runaways before, there was I remember one year Tim Tebow was in a close race and it it did leak and was set on the radio multiple times and he of course went on to win. So there is kind of a history and maybe some credibility to this theory. Would make me so happy. I would really hate to see people just being tired of Alabama cost Derrick Henry of kind of a lifetime achievement award for him. Exactly. And finally, if Derrick Henry does win, this will be the first running back to win since 2009. When your boy, well, he's your boy, but he he's, he was my boy because he was on the Saints, but he just got placed on IR, so he won't be my boy for the rest of the year. But anyway, when he took home the hardware, so I assume that'll be Saturday night sometime, and it's the never-ending story. But uh, tune in anyway. We assume all the Tide faithful will be tuning in to check that out. You know, first the Saints came for Vinny Sanceri, and you said nothing. Then they came for Mark Ingram, and you said nothing. When are you going to speak out about your Saints, Greg? Oh, God. Uh, when when they finally, when they stop winning and just draft Robert Ekendiche, and maybe they'll be better. I don't know. I'm sick of my Saints. I love them to death, but good Lord, we can't buy a win. Now, I'm all, which I'm all for. Buy a win if you need to. I don't no, really yeah, care. De- definitely I don't care how it's done. We appreciate. All right, there's exactly. one other uh, thing I'd like yeah. to bring up. Uh, and I had this moment this past weekend in Atlanta where it was like, and I hope people can relate to this, but it's like you've had this friend who's never really been interested in girls and just hangs out and plays Dungeons and Dragons all day. And you're like, I, well, whatever, his loss, you know. And then right. one day you show up and he answers the door and he introduces you to his supermodel girlfriend. And that's the only metaphor I could come up with to to relate how I felt about you winning your season-long, against-the-spread college football pick-em pool. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, yes. 
if you know anything, you know I'm a horrible better. Right. Never, I never win anything. You know, it's a disaster. I got into a pool, a hundred bucks a man for I think there's 47 men in this pool. Somehow I'll have it won a single week. Somehow I have won the entire damn thing, and there are four numbers before the decimal on that check. So your boy is a little excited. He struck gold. He found himself a supermodel. Congrats <laughs> to you, GBD. Thank you, thank you, EFM. <laughs> Programming note, there will be no picks this week. That's right. Because there's nothing to pick. Uh, bowl games will start next week, and you'll want to tune in next week for a full bowl season rundown. If you're in a confidence pool, we might even approach it that way in terms of which games we're most confident about. So we might mm. even help you out help you lose some money because that's all we do here at the Houndstooth Heroes. Uh, reminder, you can get a t-shirt at houndstoothheroes at gmail.com for 22 bucks. They are swank as hell. Finally, find us on Facebook at Houndstooth Heroes on Twitter. Listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Big shameless plug as always to Wilds Bills Wingsaw for doing nothing at all this week, but they're local and we appreciate the support as always. Hey, actually, uh, quick correction there. You this tell. guy got some Wild Bill's wing sauce in the mail today. Get out. It is, it, you said it was like the best, and it blew my mind still. It is better you than advertised. I told you. I, uh, I assume yeah, he I, just I, meant to mail it to Clay Travis, but here we are. Exactly. Well, for the, for the program, Bill Howard uh, churns out this wing sauce uh, week after week right here in Gold Shores, Alabama. It's local. Look for it in the store near you. It is fantastic. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you for joining us on Houndstooth Heroes. We will talk to you next week. Take us home, my brother. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.